What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I recently polled my social media followers and asked, what would you do with your career in 2022 if you knew with total certainty that your success was assured? Would you leave the corporate grind forever and start your own business? Would you stay in the stability of a nine-to-five but pivot into a different, more fulfilling career? Or would you stay in your current career and simply switch roles. The results were overwhelming in one direction. 45% of my Instagram followers said that they would leave corporate and start their own business. 50% of my LinkedIn connections said the exact same thing. And that informal poll I conducted tracks right in line with Google's latest search data. How to start a business, beat out how to get a job, and all of their search metrics in 2021. It does appear that while millions of Americans are quitting their job in search of higher salaries, many of them are doing so because they want the freedom to become their own boss. But how do you get started? Coming up this week on the Life Amplified podcast, I'll reflect on my own journey out of corporate America in 2015, and I will give you the five points to consider to help you start your business and take charge of your future. Welcome back. What is an amplified life? It's having amplified relationships with people who support and encourage you to be your best. It's having amplified energy to conquer the challenges of the day. And it's having an amplified career, one that's meaningful to you, the world, and your bank account. I'm Dan Mason, helping you discover your calling and create an amplified life on your terms. This is the Life Amplified Podcast. The latest data from the U.S. Census Bureau revealed that Americans submitted a record 5.4 million business applications in 2021. That is the highest number in nearly 20 years. And applications are on track to be even higher this year. So if you are one of the people thinking about leaving corporate and blazing your own trail, becoming your own boss, the good news is you're not alone. But the sobering news is There's about a 50% success rate on entrepreneurship. If you look at the latest statistics on the percentage of new businesses that fail in the United States, we see that more than one-fifth of them close operations after their very first year in business. By year two, that number increases to 31%, and by year five, 50% of new businesses fail. Now, you can look at that data multiple ways. I mean, the success rate in entrepreneurship is about the success rate of most marriages. You know, the divorce rate is the same. And if I told you, well, you you just can't ever get married, no, you would assume the best. You'd be like, I love my partner. We're going to be the crazy kids that make it. Yet we don't really have the same rosy outlook 
when it comes to pursuing a dream of starting a business or going the self-employment route. You know, that need for money, it is primal. It is linked to survival. And many high performers who come to me, who reach out in their coaching applications, often say the same thing. They're like, yeah, Dan, I have this business idea. I have this idea, a message, a product that I want to share with the world, but I can't give up my lifestyle. And we tend to think about lifestyle simply in terms of the acquisitions that we have in our life. I spoke to one woman recently who is the vice president of sales at a you know pretty decent-sized company, and she talks about the house that she owns, and she talks about the investment properties that she's bought to use as passive income on Airbnb. And, you know, she talks about the car that she has and the fact she's able to send her kids to college. But what she doesn't talk about lifestyle is her actual day-to-day life, the emotional wellness. She told me she wakes up every day and her soul feels sad that she's on this career path that her bosses have charted out for her. They've moved her up to VP. Next year, they want to make her an SVP. We get into this chase of letters, right? Even if the alphabet soup doesn't taste good to us when we're, uh, when we're consuming it. You know, she talked about her physical health as well. She knows she's not getting younger. You know, there are some health concerns that are coming up. I totally get that. I told you about my journey being in a high-paying but low-fulfillment corporate job where all of a sudden I contracted shingles and found myself on blood pressure medication living in Florida at 38 years old. I was like, what am I doing here? (laughs) So, you know, lifestyle means a lot of different things. And my hope is that, you know, even through this podcast, we can start a more holistic discussion of what a healthy, balanced lifestyle means to you. And it shouldn't just be the number in your investment portfolio or how much crypto you own or how many uh, investment properties you have. And that ultimately has been the biggest gift of the pandemic over the last two plus years is we have all had a chance to step back and reevaluate, reassess, perhaps even renegotiate any part of our life that is not working. And meanwhile, for those of you still in the corporate rat race, you have the people like me on Instagram who have our photo ops of us on the beach or working from anywhere. I, you know, I jokingly took a photo on my Instagram stories uh, while out playing tourist. I went to this place called the, the Carlsbad Flower Fields here in Southern California. And it's just me standing in this beautiful flower field with like my arms out like I'm Rose on the Titanic. I'm like, look at my life of freedom, everybody. You know, there are a lot of entrepreneurs and thought leaders who sell that lifestyle. And and trust me, I'm so glad I made the decision. And my own sense of wellness is so greatly improved than when I was running on the treadmill every day, just sort of selling my soul to corporate America. However, I will be the first to tell you that entrepreneurship is not for everybody. That there are some people, you know, your neural programming in your life is not wired for risk. You are not comfortable with uncertainty. And if that's the case, you know, getting into starting your own business could be a path for a whole lot of pain for you. Uh, So there are some key considerations that you need to figure if you were going to make this leap and make it successfully. And that is what this week's episode is all about. I want to give you five points that you should consider 
before you quit your corporate job and head out into the world of entrepreneurship. And here is point number one. And man, this is the foundation of anything. If you have not addressed this question in your life, uh, it's going to be very hard for you to move forward or to stay aligned when the shit hits the fan. Here's the question you need to ask yourself. Am I starting something that I am passionate about? You know, one of the things that's happened in the gig economy is you have a lot of people who are leaving the corporate grind and what they're doing is they're still fulfilling the same job duties that they were doing for their former employer, but they're doing it on a freelance basis. There is a woman I know who in the pandemic left her job as a bookkeeper for a corporation that loved her, that, you know, paid her reasonably well, you know, for that market and for the area that she lived in. But what she really wanted to go was to go into business for herself. So she started her own bookkeeping business. And she got about a year into that. And what she realized is, is I don't even really love bookkeeping. Like, this is something that I am good at. It is a skill, but it's not an inherent passion. It's not the thing that I feel most alive when I'm doing. And now she's really hit the wall here, where what's come up for her is she's had some new creative interest and some passions to start a completely different business in a different lane And she's working through that fear of, well, God, all I know is that I've been paid in this one career to do this one job. Would anybody even pay me for this other thing that I have to offer? And the the answer to that question, if you're in the same spot, is always yes. People will always pay you for anything that is solving a problem for them or helps add value to their life. You know, one of the biggest mistakes people make when they pivot away from corporate and have these fantasies about starting an entrepreneurship is they just focus on, well, how can I make money? And your subconscious mind, whenever you're asking that question, will find an answer, but it's going to go through all the internal reference files that it personally knows. You know, it will say, what are the ways we have made money in the past? And you'll start thinking about every job or every side hustle or career that you've already done. It will also go through the reference files for maybe your parents to see how did my mom and dad make money, but it becomes very hard for you to ever think bigger than what you've known up until now. So the really powerful question to ask is, what problems am I passionate about solving? The entrepreneur mindset knows that where there is a problem in the world, there is an income opportunity if you can solve it. So it's got to be something that you are passionate about. And, you know, when I was still rotting in my soul-sucking job, I remember being in an HR meeting where they presented the results of the Gallup employee engagement study that they put out every two years because our company had been part of that study. And the minute that I saw that two and three employees globally around the world hated their job, but were addicted to the paycheck, for me, a light bulb went off. A, it greatly reduced my shame. I didn't feel alone anymore. I didn't feel like an ungrateful dick because I didn't wake up every day excited to go to work. But number two, I said, man, if I can figure this out for myself, if I can figure out what my purpose is, then certainly 
I could help other people do the same. And, you know, here I am six and a half years later, having worked directly with clients in 18 countries, this podcast has reached an audience in plus or minus about 120 countries. I haven't really looked recently, but, you know, a global audience by showing up and teaching people how to solve a problem that I figured out in my life. So what is that thing for you? Really taking the time to, to, to come up with three concentric circles and ask, what do I love? You know, what am I doing when I'm most switched on and alive? What am I good at? And what does the world need? And the intersection there is going to be the place where you find this next career. And boy, it better be something that you are passionate about. Because even your co-chair, there are days where it seems like nothing's working. There are days when things fall through the cracks or there is a huge setback in business. And even I will have the day where I'm like, oh, is this the path that I want to be on forever? But then I think about you and how this podcast has impacted your life. And I think about the clients and all the testimonials that I've had uh, from people who have radically transformed the trajectory of their life. They've improved things for their family. You know, the people have told me that literally doing the purpose work and making this pivot saved their life. And that gives me the inherent motivation to show up even on the days when it's not comfortable and it's not easy. So that is question number one that you want to consider, right? What am I passionate about? Number two, a question to check in with yourself on. Am I starting this business for the right reasons? When I think back on my old corporate career, uh, working, managing successful radio brands all over the country, there were times when we built these new radio stations from nothing. We would put a new format on the air in a city and literally, you know, take these radio stations from worst to first. And that was such a thrill for me to start something and just that alchemy of creating something from nothing. Uh, there was also a big part of me in corporate that like to call the shots, right? I wanted like whether we won or lost in the ratings, I wanted that to be on me. And I was very happy uh, to take the risk and, and celebrate when we won, but I was also willing to take full responsibility when things didn't work out the way that we wanted. But I also had a desire, right, to have more flexibility in my schedule. The older I got, I knew that I wanted to do something that would leave a legacy in the world. You know, I always think about that sometimes. If for some reason there was a terrible accident and all of this ended for me tomorrow, you know, if, if I lost my life tomorrow, cancel universe, cancel universe. We're not putting that out into the ethers. But it's pretty cool for me to think about the fact that there's some 170 episodes that people would have that could improve their life today. And if people found this podcast in 10 years, 20 years, the principles will still apply. Uh, I, I think about all the television interviews and the media I've done that have just gone worldwide that still exist on YouTube. And I think about the people who are still finding that on YouTube searches. I had somebody reach out to me about coaching the other day based on a Huffington Post article I wrote six years ago that I forgot that I wrote. So there's a certain legacy 
um, that I'm really proud of, and that legacy is still being formed, right? It's still being built upon. But these are all wonderful reasons to step out into entrepreneurship, that you want more freedom over your time or schedule, that you want to build wealth for yourself and your family, and you don't want your value to be dictated by some corporate weasel in a tower somewhere who just looks at nothing more than a number next to your name on the spreadsheet, you know, when it's time for budget cuts. Those are all wonderful reasons. There are also some other reasons that I don't want to judge as being bad or wrong, but they are going to set you up for frustration on this path. If you're simply starting a business because you hate your job (laughs) and you don't like dealing with people, it's going to be an issue in entrepreneurship, right? Because at some point you're going to have to be visible. You're going to have to be seen. You're going to have to interface with people. You're going to have to ask for what you want, right? If you are starting a business simply because you want to become a air quote influencer and become famous, it's probably a good idea to reconsider because you're always going to be in this comparison trap of being, well, this person's making more money or this person has more followers or I believe somehow this person is more successful than me. You know, so if these patterns of control have run your career up until now, you're going to get into entrepreneurship and realize, well, you can prepare and you can plan and you can have a great business plan, but there are things that are out of your control. Uh, One of my friends who's been on this podcast started a tech company, right? She left a, a, a super successful career in finance, started a tech company in January of 2020. Was that the right idea? Yeah. You know, she had a tech idea that was going to be in the wellness industry. And unfortunately, it was just at the wrong time because COVID happened and the world went upside down. So there was a lot of pivoting and and figuring things out. There was a lot in that moment that was out of her control. So you also, you know, need a sense of uh, being adaptive and being flexible if you're going to start your own business. These are things that you have to self-reflect on and be like, are these strengths of mine or can I improve these things in my life? Can I work with somebody uh, to, to become more adaptive and nimble when it comes to setting up a business? So that is the second point, right? We want to know your reasons for starting a business. If it's simply about you and having more control You're going to throw in the towel the first time that there is a global crisis like we're living in right now. But if it's about improving your life, improving the lives of your family, uh, and also about improving the lives of the people you're here to serve, you've got a powerful why, and you're going to show up for it. Point number three, if you're ready to leave the nine to five behind and start your own business You need a high level of self-awareness. You need to know what it is that you don't know. You know, so much of entrepreneurship is being able to live in your zone of genius. If you go back to the episode that I recorded uh, last year with Gay Hendricks, uh, that's a beautiful concept, right? Like living in your genius zone. What are the things that you really excel at uh, that nobody else can do the same way you do? And a lot of entrepreneurs who struggle 
Uh, it's because they're living in their zone of competency, maybe a zone of excellence, but they're wasting too much time doing things that they could outsource to other people, or they're trying to do the parts of their business that they're just not very adept at, that they don't know very well. So we want to figure out, right, what are your strengths and how can you do more of that in your business while also seeking out resources to supplement the parts where you need assistance because you can't do everything by yourself. I look at some of my early marketing materials from 2015, 2016, when I first started my business, because I thought that I had to be great at graphic design and creating PDFs or even creating um, various web pages, like the opt-in pages for webinars or trainings. And holy hell, they, they are so embarrassing to look at because I'm just not skilled that way. I don't have a mind or a brain for visual design, right? And my business has gotten infinitely easier the more that I've outsourced those things. And by the way, for those of you who are really hung up on the money idea when you're starting out in business, remember so many of these things can be done affordably. You can go on the, the sites like Fiverr and Upwork and you can find overseas virtual assistants who are so skilled at these things. And because of the exchange rate, they can do it at a very affordable cost. And also know that you're not taking advantage of these people because of the exchange rates, right? Like, you know, you might be paying $30 for a service, but at the same time, because of the exchange rate, like these people are like the breadwinners and providing for their family. So there are all, there's so many reasonable resources where you can get extra help, right? To supplement in the areas that you know are not in your zone of genius. I pretty much learned at this point after, and it took me a while to get there. My zone of genius in my business is just showing up and talking to people. <laughs> being in the act of coaching people, being in the act of creating podcasts or writing content, content creation in various forms. But man, a lot of the admin stuff, the behind the scenes things, the building out all the email funnels, my brain does not work that way. So thank God I've got some people right now supporting me who are way better and way more efficient at it. But what does that look like for you? You know, if you're taking an honest assessment, and the thing is, is a lot of times when you're starting out, particularly as a new entrepreneur or a solopreneur, remember like 90% of the new businesses that have been started over the past two years are what are known as micro businesses. So the majority of them are actually solopreneurships, and I believe the other like 30 to 40% are, are companies with less than 10 employees. So, you know, when you're, when you're first starting out, you might not even know what you're good at and what you're not, but I would also tell you, follow the joy, right? If you're immersed in learning something new, if it's about skilling up in a new area, then, hey, that's that's cool. If you're in a high vibrational state when you're learning a new activity, great. If you're ready to throw your laptop out the window and you find yourself punching walls, uh, that might be something that it's just more efficient and better for your mental health to outsource. And one of the other areas that most new entrepreneurs do not 
invest in, right? They'll invest in things like a web designer, they'll invest in a social media manager, and I'm not telling you that any of those are, are wrong. Those are valuable people to have behind you. Uh, the thing, though, that helped me scale my business when everything turned around after like a year and a half of pain was having an actual coach in my corner, somebody who could help me discover the blind spots in my mindset. You know, if you're a person who has resistance uh, to giving up any control and you can't delegate and you can't ask for or receive help, and you think you got to push a boulder up a hill to scale a six or a multi six figure, maybe a seven figure business, you are going to work yourself into the ground. You are going to trade in the soul sucking nine to five job for the soul sucking entrepreneurship, right? So it's all about creating something that you feel good about at the end of the day. Get a coach. That's been such a big thing for so many of my clients who were struggling to get their business going. And then they were able to double their income, triple their income, because they had support in their corner. So a quick recap here as we talk about these first five steps that will help you trade the nine to five for your own business. Number one, you want to start a business that is meaningful to you that you're passionate about. Number two, you want to do an internal inventory. What are my reasons for starting the business? Is this about flexibility? Is this about more time with my friends and my family? Is it about leaving a legacy? Or am I in this because I think it's an easy route to money or that it's an easy route to become famous? We want to have a, a, a real clear why before we take the leap. Number three, Know what you don't know and hire some mentors and some coaches behind you to help you speed up the process in discovering what that is. There is no better self-development journey, right, than getting into a new romantic relationship or starting a business. Here's tip number four for you. You have got to have a massive vision while simultaneously be willing to start small. And there's, you know, sort of a balance in there, right? When I started out my, my company uh, and I left corporate, my biggest dream at that point was, man, if I could just replicate my corporate salary, uh, that, that would just feel so great. I would feel like I had made it. And that took about a good year and a half, almost two years for it to happen. When my business took off is when I raised the expectations, when I actually set a goal and started creating plans and a vision for what a seven-figure business would look like, I quickly scaled from you know next to nothing to multi-six figures. Because when you have a bigger-than-life vision, it's going to force you to start thinking about bigger-than-life action steps, right? And, and that is such an important mindset shift that can help you move forward. Even if you're somebody who may be in the great resignation, you've started your business, but you're struggling to get footing. Start thinking bigger. If this were a seven-figure business, what would I be doing? How would I show up differently? How would I market myself differently? Uh, would I be undercutting myself just to get clients? Or would I charge what I'm worth? Would I even push myself to charge a little bit beyond what my ego 
thinks I'm worth. Um, but that's such an important thing. And also the willingness and the humility to be seen starting small. You know, I was always the kid starting in high school, through college, all throughout my corporate career. I was the classic overachiever and always wanted to be the best at whatever I was doing. You know, in high school, it was like, ah, I got to be the best at theater. I want to get all the lead roles. And then I, you know, went to college and I wanted to be the best at the campus radio station when I was doing that. Whatever activity I got into, you know, I, I was really, really always thinking, what can I do to be the best at this? But the way that you become the best at anything, and it's easy to lose, and it's easy to lose sight of this, is to suck at something first. And I was so ashamed when I started out. Like when I created my mailing list for my business, I had seven people on my mailing list, and I was two of the addresses, right? Like my, and if you've ever gone into online business or you keep any sort of email database, like you'll look at the open rates on each email. You'll find out what is the percentage of my list that opened the email. And I remember the first training email I ever sent out to my, uh, to my mailing list had like a 35% open rate or something like that. And it were two out of seven opens and they were both my emails from my account. <laughs> And it's so deflating because on one hand, I've got this dream that, oh my God, I want to serve the world. I want to make a difference. I want to throw a lifeline to people who are miserable in a corporate job. Well, also this feeling of it's not enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm going to embarrass myself. What are, you know, what are the people around me in my life going to think? So it is the balance. Aim higher than you think is possible while also having the humility to start smaller than you think you should. That is the sweet spot for you to stay in consistent action, for you to live your purpose without throwing in the towel. And finally, the fifth step that you need to consider when you're leaving the nine to five to start a business is you have to know your numbers. Number one, you need to know what is the monthly number you need to hit in order just to pay all your basic expenses with maybe just a little bit, an extra 15, 20% for entertainment and things like that. Just get clear on what the base level number is. You also need to have an income goal. You know, one of my very good friends who has been on this podcast a couple times is a successful coach. And when she and I first linked up and we first started networking, she never actually had monthly goals in her business. You know, for her, she was just, she was afraid it would put too much pressure on her that it, if she didn't hit it, she'd beat herself up. But the minute that she started getting clear on what is the number each month that I want to get to, she started hitting those numbers very quickly, began exceeding them. And now she's on track this year to do half a million dollars, <laughs> you know, from a business that was, you know, probably right at the six-figure level when she and I first met up. So you've got to know exactly what all this is for you. And here's the thing. There is a, while yes, you absolutely should have some money in savings when you're going to walk away to start a business. I will also tell you that the amount you think that you need could actually be a liability. You know, I had saved and saved and saved. I had nine months worth of salary in the bank. If I did not make a penny in my first nine months of coaching, 
I would have been able to pay all my bills. And in some ways, that was an excuse to play small. Because every day I'd open up that online banking banking app and be, oh, look at this big amount of money here. Of course I can pay rent this month. I'm fine. And it kept me from taking the courageous action to really share my message with the world. This podcast did not exist until all of a sudden that uh, that money got down to the danger zone when the, I was on the warning light, like on your gas tank. Then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I, I really need to get moving. So know that sometimes having the large sum of money can actually hold you back. This is also why you should have a, a, a coach, a mentor, somebody to hold your feet to the fire to stay in action. And there's also one other huge misconception when it comes to starting a business that I want to share with you is that you need a lot of money to get started. Now, if you are going to build a brick-and-mortar business, yes, there are a lot of hard expenses in that. If you want to start a tech startup from the ground up, yes, there's going to need to be a pretty significant amount of capitalization. But so many of the new entrepreneurs who come to me are in the knowledge business, that they have some sort of knowledge within them, something that they've studied. They have a problem in their life that they have figured out and they can create a system to help somebody else figure out the same problem in their life. You know, so it's a knowledge business. You could either do this in terms of creating books, seminars, retreats. You could also start a coaching business of some sort. Uh, over the past few years, I've had numerous people start holistic health businesses, physical fitness, personal training businesses. I had a woman who started a business coaching mothers with postpartum depression. There are so many different niches and avenues to explore, but that knowledge business doesn't take a lot of money. So what I want you to consider is that the majority of businesses that have been started in the past couple of years during the pandemic, if you look at the statistics, 80% of them were started with less than $5,000 capitalization. This business that I'm in today that's helped me exceed all of my dreams started out the day that I left my corporate job and turned in my, uh, my Apple computer to them. I went to Best Buy. I bought myself a laptop. I bought a podcast microphone. Uh, I, I went home. I bought a web domain through GoDaddy. I paid a couple hundred dollars to, to file my business at that point. This business started with probably under $4,000. I think I paid about $1,500 to a web designer. And yet, that small investment has multiplied itself by hundreds, if not thousands of times. And aside from the money, it gave me my life back. People ask me all the time, where would I have been had I not gone on this journey to walk away from a corporate career and to figure out my purpose? And I tell them with no hint of irony, I'd be dead. If literally I had not like physically died from the stress I was under, I would have been like so many other people who are just like the, the zombie apocalypse walking in every day into the office. There's, there is that segment of the workforce that is the walking dead. You're there, you're physically present, but emotionally your heart's not in it. 
You've lost your spark for life. And that loss of spark is holding you back in other areas of your life. It's holding back your family because you're not really showing up as the version of yourself you want to be. There are so many people who can't even get to the point of dating or building a family or having a social life because they are so chained to the job. You know, there was a, a, a few months ago, I went out on a first date with a woman who worked in the, uh, in, in the healthcare industry and had a really good first date. And then she canceled the next three dates all with like an hour and a half's notice because she's like, well, I'm sorry, I have an emergency conference call that I have to get on. I'm, I'm always attached to my work. And then she shared, she's like, this is why I'm single. I cannot pull myself away from the job. Um, and there are so many people who are going through that, that, you know, it's not just the toll on your happiness, it's the toll on your social life, on the dreams that you want to share with a partner one day. And how much longer are you willing to tolerate that life? And I want you to understand entrepreneurship is not the only way out of a life of stress and overwhelm and burnout. I've worked with so many surgeons, lawyers, doctors, high performers who come to me and just need some coaching around setting better boundaries in their life and detaching their very identity from the job that they're in, which leads to a lot of overwork for people. So there's so many different paths to get to that amplified life on your terms. Consider today just one option that exists. It's, it, th this is just a guidepost, right? It is a blueprint for you. And if you need some additional support to work through this on a one-on-one -on -one basis, my one-on-one -on -one coaching programs are the fastest way to move forward. You know, I think of the client that I have right now in Michigan who just signed up with me in January, completely lost, right? She had, you know, been the support person for everybody else in her life, like helping with her husband's business and helping raise a family. And, you know, here she was now as an empty nester saying, what do I want for me? And within eight weeks, she's already launched a side hustle and she's making money on her own and doing work she's really lit up about. You know, this is, it's not just an escape from corporate per se. It, what it is is a desire to march in the direction of what brings you joy and what makes you feel alive. That's my great wish for you in 2022. If I can help you with that, you can go to my website, creativesoulcoaching.net, click that coaching application, fill it out, schedule a complimentary discovery call. We will get the ball rolling. In the meantime, if this podcast has served you today, would you please do me a favor? Would you screenshot it? Would you upload it to Instagram? Be sure to tag me at CSC Dan Mason. Give me a follow while you're there. Links to all the other socials are in the show notes. But I love you for listening. And remember, it's time to turn down the volume on your negativity and time to turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified. I'll talk to you next week.